no, she's not a medical doctor, but she can sure cure your tax problems or your financial woes. She's the how-to girl. It's the Dr. Friday Show. If you have a question for Dr. Friday, call her now, 737-WWTN. That's 737-9986. So here's your host, financial counselor and tax consultant, Dr. Friday. Today, I'm Dr. Friday and the doctor is in the house. We are all working our last big weekend for the final numbers for the individual and corporate, uh, if you're 1120, your due date is 1015, which is next Friday. So now's the time to hopefully sit in front of that computer when it's a little bit quiet, I hope, um, and make those numbers sing for you. So that way, and I have quite a few people to be quite honest with you. I am in the process of, uh, working with many people are, you know, my, my clients at least will email me things that are coming up, things that have changed. And there, um, you know, we have quite a few people that sold real estate. It's that simple. So quite a bit of real estate. And in doing so, you may have created some tax situation, especially if it was rental real estate, because rental real estate can usually have recapture of capital gains along with um, recapture of depreciation, sorry, which is ordinary income plus the capital gains. So we might need to make sure that you're covering both of those um, so that you are ready when it comes a few more months and we get ready to start looking at doing taxes that we're not telling you that you owe another, you know, $50,000 in taxes. I know in the last, uh, just today alone, I've had three people I've been working with clients that have sold real estate that has been rental real estate. And all of them have had some pretty good tax bills. One of them only paid like 40,000 and sold it for like 410. So obviously in those situations, you're looking at some pretty big capital gains. So if you've got questions, because it's not just straight across the board, 15%. If you've got questions, give me a call. You can do it here in the studio at 615-737-9986-615-737-9986. Taking your calls, talking about pretty much all things when it comes to taxes. So if you're in the process of finishing your 2020s or prepping for your 2021, you know that there's going to be certain things like some changes. The um, standard deduction in 2021 is going to be 25,100 for married finally jointly, 12,550 for single and 18,800 for head of household. Um, this is including the inflation. So every year will go up a little bit. I do want to make sure individuals that are receiving the advanced child tax credit that you have prepared that information, um, especially, it's just gonna be a little confusing in my mind because maybe I deal with a lot of people that go two different directions, but income has went up. Uh, prime example is if you sell a piece of real estate and you're getting the advanced child credit, it may come down to a situation where you might need to um, give this money back. I mean, it's possible that you're getting money right this second. That isn't going to be money that you're entitled to. Now, the likeliness of that happening is pretty rare. Married filing jointly will basically start uh, cutting out at 400,000 uh, single individuals, 200,000. But those individuals that I was talking about, um, you know, they are obviously individuals that um, their normal ordinary income will actually go up. Those same numbers for 2021 um, adoption credits will start phasing out um, for single people 
between 214 fully phased out at 254 and that's the same for married as well one of those married penalty ones that you have interest on educational loans um you know again if you have student loans if you have an income of more than 70 maxes out at 85 for a single individual you will not be able to claim the interest on your student loan same thing for married filing jointly it's 140 and it will max out at 170. if you make more than 170 you're not going to get a dollar of your student loan interest if you have children in college the american opportunity or lifetime for individuals that are single those individuals will start phasing out at 80,000 um, for the American Opportunity Credit and 59,000 for the lifetime learning credits. That one's always a, a problem because let's be honest, um, hopefully if you've gotten a college education, then you might be making more than 59,000. Those numbers will go up um, and they'll start at that number and they kind of phases out by about 65 for single people on the lifetime and about 85, 90 on American Opportunity. Um, Doubles uh, for joint married filing jointly, 160,000 for American opportunity you can make before you start losing that credit and 118,000 you can make on lifetime credit. Um, same situation on those basic active retirements. If you have um, money you put in into a IRA, as long as you make less than $75,000 um, for active participant plans uh, for non-active meaning if you're in a business and they're participating in there, you may have some limitations. If you are just an individual putting money into your own IRA, there are very little limitations on um, how much money you can earn for those situations. So again, there are certain limitations contributing to a Roth IRA. Everyone always tells me, oh, I can always contribute to a Roth IRA. That's not true. If you make more than 139,000 as a, a single person or 206,000 as a married couple, Roth IRAs are not on the table. So there are certain limitations. And if you're planning and, and trying to work your way through the best situations, you want to sit down and figure out how that's going to work both for you and for those individuals um, trying to deal with all kinds of things. I had a person that we talked a little bit about divorce. They're in the process of getting divorced and, you know, they were, they will be divorced before the uh, 15th of December. And I'm telling them at that point, that means you've been single for the whole year of 2021. And the gentleman's like, well, wait, I've, I've supported the family. I've done this. I've done that. Um, it doesn't make a difference. If you divorce before, my suggestion was to push it off till the first week of January. But, you know, um, but, you know, either way, it's kind of sometimes difficult because getting a husband and wife, this particular couple are actually on the same page, but very often they don't want to file together. They don't want to claim things together. They don't want to do anything together. So they don't want to make that work for them. But if you are in the midst of doing a divorce, taxes are a big part of that. And you do want to make sure that you're taking the time, you know, it's better to give each other the money than to give uncle Sam the money. And that's really the option in many cases, because sometimes you're just leaving money on the table that, you know, just because you don't want to really talk to each other. So not good advice. All right, let's hit Jim in Nashville. Appreciate the phone call. Hey, Jim. Yes, uh, Dr. Friday. Uh, my question is about the gift tax. And the yes, uh, I made a, a fairly large gift to a grandson this year in 2021, uh -huh. 2021. And, uh, you know, it's my understanding that you can, the excess amount above what it allows, you can put that against your st estate limit. When do you file the tax, when do you file the paperwork for all that? 
That would be filed in the year it happens. So in the case that we are talking 2021, you will file a um, 706 gift tax return for that. You'll list the dollar amount. You'll back out the 15,000 that you were allowed to give him. So let's just say it was 50,000. Um, 15 would come out. You would report 35 coming from your lifetime and you have to give them their name, address and federal or social security number. Okay, so you would do it in the year that you did it. Okay, exactly. Yeah, in the year that you okay. do it, which is not, I mean, it's a really easy form and it's basically just, you know, a paper trail, really. Um, but uh, we do quite a few of those. Uh, but right now, the lifetime limit is 11 million. Right now, who I'm, I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen if they change that, which is on the table. But at the moment, um, you'll just need to file that form along with. It's a separate form, but, you know, at the same time, you file your personal tax returns. Okay. Thank you very much. No worries. Thanks, mate. Great question, because, again, seems like we've had quite a few people. Parents are pretty awesome. You know, I mean, I, I've, I'm one of those uh, aunts, so I don't get to necessarily claim to be a parent, but I have a lot of great clients, and parents seem to be, especially when inheritance comes in or something large, like they sell a piece of real estate or whatever, so often a parent um, gives or pays off something or gives kids a gift to be able to buy a house, um, those kind of things. And anytime it's over the $15,000, um, and there are certain ways, like if the gentleman, his grandson is married, theoretically, he could have given his wife 15 and his grandson 15 and if it was only 30000 But sometimes that also keeps the, the money coming outside of the family tree um, or descendants. Uh, so there are certain loopholes you don't want to possibly do that with. But all that being said, it's, um, it's one of those things that you do really want to be able to track and make sure you put it down. I know I have, I have people come up to me all the time and say, well, how does the IRS know I gave someone so much money? Well, like everything in taxes, really, um, there are certain documents that are filed uh, if the money is used for a piece of real estate, for example, a gift letter has, is attached to that particular purchase, and therefore there is a paper trail that gifting was involved. If, uh, if you just gave someone $25,000 out of your bank account, there's probably not an easy way of tracking. If you're ever audited, it's right there in their face and they will find it, but you would have to be audited to find that. So, you know, I guess I like to sleep at night. So I kind of just like to make sure that whatever I do every year, I do to the best of my ability track or whatever, if I'm supposed to 1099 or if I'm supposed to give it a gift tax return or whatever it might be, it doesn't make a difference. Just want to make sure that everything's done. So that way I can check off that year and move forward um, because it's already complicated enough when we're actually doing what we can. Um, I know I had an email today from one of my clients that I'm not too sure, but somehow their 2019 is showing e-filed on our side and obviously not showing filed at all on the IRS website, yet they received the money. So it's, um, it's one of those wonderful things and you can't reach anyone at the Internal Revenue Service. If there is anyone that works for the Internal Revenue Service listening, it would be totally awesome if we were able to actually reach somebody. Um, I have been keeping track of a log and actually sending it to our tax advocate um, that we representative we talked to. Um, and, and to be quite honest, you know, three out of the five phone calls I make are usually hung up on, disconnected after waiting 45 minutes, hour and a half. Um, the other day, I actually did it five times 
And I did finally the fifth time get somebody. And the fourth time was the hardest because I waited an hour and 40 minutes and the person got on the phone, said hello, et cetera, et cetera. And then we lost the call. I don't know if she hung up on me or somehow the phone call got lost, but I had to start over and another. So I was on the phone pretty much eight hours that day waiting for the IRS um, to get on the phone to, to help with resolution. And the person I actually got um, was absolutely no help. Um, she was pretty much saying, well, if we can't see it in the computer, even though you've got proof of filing, proof of paying, whatever, um, they weren't going to do something. So it wasn't, uh, I wasn't in the right place, but that being said, it is very frustrating. So if you, if you're trying to reach someone on the IRS, all I can tell you is patience and just keep calling. It does happen. Uh, but plan an entire day now, just plan the entire day to basically try to reach somebody. And if anyone has a phone number, that actually is worthwhile calling. Um, you know, if someone has found for collections, usually is who I'm dealing with, please feel free to share it with everyone else, or maybe you shouldn't because then everyone will call it. All right. So if you want to join the show, you can very easily 615-737-9986. If you got a story to share about calling the IRS or just basically giving people inspiration to say, Hey, I did finally get through and they help resolve something. It's always nice to hear um, because, you know, usually I'm only hearing when there's a problem. 615-737-9986 is the number here in the studio. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we'll get to some more of your emails and phone calls. We'll be right back with the Dr. Friday show. We are back here live in studio. I'm taking your calls live. So if you want, 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986, taking your calls, doing all things exciting. So um, we are talking about different strategies or different things that are coming up for 2021. Um, I do want to make sure that I had a couple people that just because there's so many changes we've had, as far as we know, guys, 2021 is going to be April the 15th deadline, which means you do need to have paid in your IRA on or before April the 15th for the year of 2021, April the 15th of 2022, right? Not trying to confuse you. So we do want to make sure that you're taking advantage of that. I mean, the market's been doing pretty good, far from being an expert and make sure you talk to a financial planner if you're looking for tax advice on that. But just want to make sure that everything is showing up and that you're doing what you need to do. And then we'll talk a little bit about some uh, capital gains and maybe some steps of what we need to do for some tax planning. I think it's Dolores in Gallatin. Yes, good afternoon. Good afternoon, sweetheart. What can I do for you? Well, I'm on Social Security and I earn less than uh, $21,000 a year. Do I have to file a return? Well, how do you earn the $21,000? Is it by working through like self-employment or do you no, get a pension uh, or? Social Security for under 15. And then if I take some money out of my super saver, which I'm allowed to do, I think only 4000 a year. And then if I add that, It'll be less than $20,000. Gotcha. All right. Yes, you are correct. You don't have to worry about filing a tax return at all 
if part of the money you're talking about is your social security. So you would be, um, you know, in a tax-free, just make sure they don't withhold any taxes when they take the money out of any kind of retirement. Yeah, I told them that. Right. Okay. Okay, Thank you very much. Thank you, sweetie. Bye-bye. Um, all right. And that's a great question because that's the kind of things you want to think of. If you could live in a world where you don't have to file taxes. Now, only time I would actually have anything for Dolores or anyone like Dolores is if you actually are sitting on an IRA, there is potentially some wiggle room where you might want to convert 5,000 a year, just convert it to a Roth. If you don't plan to need the money, if you're going to use the money then I wouldn't do the conversion anyways, cause you're already at a lower tax bracket. But, um, but if your goal is, you know what, I've got everything paid off. I live fine off my social security and my small pension. And I've got this IRA sitting out there, your children or grandchildren or whatever could inherit that money tax free. And they've changed some of those rules as far as how long you can keep them in a regular IRA. So it's a good plan. All right, let's hit Lisa in Nashville. One of my people, self-employed. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Dr. Friday. I've got a question for many, several years now. I've been a 1099 employee Uh and my husband and I always filed jointly and he always had paid in enough taxes to where we always got a refund. And due to COVID and different things, his position has changed. And I'm afraid he hasn't paid in enough this year to where mm-hmm. we may end up owing. So right. do I still have time to pay in or what should I do to make sure that I don't run into a penalty situation with self-employment taxes? Great question. And um, yes, you still have time because, well, you can always make a payment anytime, but usually January 15th would be our last quarterly for the year of 2021. Uh, So you have time to sit down and try to do a quick calculation. I mean, if his income has dropped, um, you know, the biggest thing is you have is the self-employment side, the social security, Medicare, you know, that's always the higher tax. It seems like on some cases than the withholding itself, but you might want to just compare your numbers roughly from 2020 to 2021 and see, because if his job has reduced and maybe he hasn't gotten the bonuses or whatever, which usually take out large chunks of, of taxes, which help offset your income, you might want to start squirreling away a little extra money because the worst thing is to have to pay taxes or get behind on the IRS on top of possibly lower income as it is. Um, but yes, and if you need help, I can certainly do that off the radio or whatever, but we would need to, you know, just do a simple comparison, 19, uh, 20 to 21 at this point, and just make sure that the income and the withholdings are close enough that you're, you know, able to do. And then if it's only a few dollars, it's not a big deal because you had a refund in 2020, you wouldn't, have, you wouldn't be qualified or have to make quarterly estimates in 2021. But I'd hate to see you have to say, oh, you know what, Lisa, you owe $4,000. And Lisa's sitting there going, holy tamole. Um, right. You know, it, it'd be better to start preempting it now so you have time before the April 15th deadline to, to get that money together if possible. Okay. Could I make an appointment off air or whatever at your office mm-hmm. and come in and kind of go over our whole situation? Since, like I said, we've moved into a whole new realm with he's uh, drawing his retirement now and like I said, it's just a whole different situation tax-wise from what Absolutely. I'm used to because I always do our own taxes, and I'm afraid at this point I may be not doing something correctly. Not a problem. My direct line, um, you can call Monday, Lisa, is 615-367-0819, and you'll hear it on the radio a couple more times, but 367-0819. Uh, just call the office Monday, and we'll get you on the schedule. Great. 
Thank you so much. I enjoy your show. Thank you for calling. I appreciate it. All righty. So again, if you're in the process, you're working, you're trying to figure out, and there's a lot of changes that have happened for many people in the last couple of years between COVID, between some people went ahead and went into retirements because of kind of the COVID and the cutbacks at work and the way things have changed. I have quite a few clients that have went into, I don't know if you want to call it full retirement, partial retirement, and still working, but working in a different situation. So it really does lead to um, a different, like, like Lisa was saying, what was working perfectly because everybody had it and you guys kind of have it down. Now it changes because if you're in retirement, maybe you're not having enough withholding. Maybe Lisa needs to turn in to start making quarterlies on her own. So we don't have to worry about, and this is all doable, but it is different. So what you don't want is that huge change. That's what is always the hottest um, even sitting on my side of the desk, to be quite honest, I really dislike telling someone, oh, you owe 25000 unless they're prepared for it. Because sometimes my clients, they're used to hearing those numbers and they're already prepared. They've got the money and it's no big deal. Uh, but other times it is. All right, let's hit Robin before the break. Robin in the borough. Hey, Robin. Okay. Hey, I wanted to ask, as I am 65 in 2021, and I have heard that when you turn 66, and you want to go back to work, that there's no limit on the income that you can make as far as the penalty against your Social Security. Is that true? And if so, is that the complete year that you turn 66, or do you have to wait until after your 66th birthday? Well, I think it's going to be a little bit higher because most my sister who turned 65 in January, her full retirement is 66 and a half or 66 in like July or August, something like that is her full retirement age. So Medicare starts at 65, theoretically, if she was the, to retire. And but until she hits 66 and three quarters, and then it's what you've earned after that, they take it after. So you could work up to that and make it what you normally would make and not affect your social security. But once you get on social security, you are going to be limited to the amount of money you can earn. But if you wait to your full retirement, bottom line is, no penalties, but you do have okay, to wait I am at, till after. I'm sorry. I'm actually on survivor benefits. My husband passed away several years ago. Uh-huh. And so I have been on that since I was, uh, he passed away in the month, actually, that I turned 60 years old. Gotcha. And so because been on I had for- not worked right all five years now. Right. Well, you can work and make up to like 17, 18,000, right? Without penalty, uh, just so you mm-hmm. know. But if you wait till you hit full retirement age and you might need to go on to social security because it is based on, but it sounds like your birthday and my sisters are relatively soon. So it's either 66 and a half or 66 and three quarters. But when that date comes, you can go out and get a full-time job and they won't take, they'll tax your social security. Nothing's free in life, Robin, but they won't take any of your money. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And right now you can work and make up to 18,800, I think. Okay. All right. Sounds great. Thank you. Thanks, Robin. I appreciate it. All right. Well, we, um, we're going to take another break here in just a minute. If you want to join the show, it's really easy. And these are great questions, guys. And I'm um, not an expert on Social Security, and I'll look up. But I know you can go to ssa.gov, ssa is an apple.gov, and you can look on there. That's the website for Social Security Administration. They just sent out a, a new email saying that they've upgraded the page and you can get a better look at what your social security might be. But anyways, um, that being said, you can look there and make sure your retirement dates and, and exactly how much money you can earn while you're on um, 
early retirement for Social Security. So if you have other questions, join the show, please. 615-737-9986. 615-737-9986 is the number here in the studio. We're going to take more of your phone calls, more of your emails. So if you've got questions and you're a little shy, totally relate to that. Don't hesitate. Go ahead and feel free to email Friday at drfriday.gov or I'm sorry, Friday at drfriday.com or call 615-737-9986. We'll be right back with the Dr. Friday show. All righty, we are back here live in studio. So if you've got a question or you have a situation where you're like, I'm not sure where to go. This is where you want to start. Want to make a phone call? Want to make the first conversation? then this is it 615-737-9986 615-737-9986 is the number here live in studio i know it's a beautiful weekend out there it's awesome to be really this sunny and nice got to go move some rocks when i'm done with the show it's a big big day for me big day well actually i've got to finish two tax turns then i'll move some rocks but it's all going to come out in the wash so if you need some help doing something um when it comes to your taxes not rock moving give us a call 615-737-9986 615-737-9986 all right well we'll talk a little bit about capital gains because so often people will come in and say hey i calculated my capital gains it's 15 percent boom not always guys. So let's talk first. There is a 0% capital gains rates, but you have to kind of be on the very, like have no other income if you got a decent capital gains. But if you're single and your overall income is 40,000 and that 40,400 in 2021, and that includes your capital gains, then you could have zero tax on that. So if all you had was $40,400 in capital gains and no other income, you would pay zero tax on that. That goes up to 80,000 for a joint and 54,100 for a single person. Then we get into the 15%. This is where it gets a bit, bit tricky, okay? Because 15% for a single person is $40,401 through $445,850 pretty big, right? 880 up to 501, basically, and 54,000 up to 473. So you say, okay, well, that's 15%. But if a single filer exceeds 200,000 or a joint filer exceeds 250, and yes, another marriage penalty involved here, then you have to add another 3.8 well, if, if the, uh, thus the top two brackets of these higher income taxpayers, 23 for long-term capital gains, um, and it could be up to 40,800, but there is a 3.8. So for anybody that is making over $200,000, including your capital gains, a single person, so your income and all of your investments plus your gain is over 200. Everything above that is going to be at 18.8%. Same thing for anybody that, is married and your total income, including your capital gains, is over um, 250,000. Everything above that is going to be at 18.8%. Then anything that goes over 445, including your income and everything else, you'll be at 23.8%. Um, for this is all for long term capital gains. So The reason I always try to get my clients to call me when it comes time to working on taxes and and all these different things is because 
these numbers come in and we're on a progressive. So everything up to this number is going to be there. And then everything over this. And that way you have some rough numbers. I don't want you to come into this whole thing and you turn around and say, oh, wait a second. Guess what? I thought I was only taking 15% on 200,000 and yet your income's 200,000. Now you're at 400,000 and really most of that income is going to be almost at 20. So you've underestimated, you may have reinvested the money and now you owe Uncle Sam. We'd never, never want to owe Uncle Sam. They are the world's worst loan offices. Seriously, world's worst. All right. So here's a couple tips I wanted to give you guys for year end. Um, again, we are looking that April 15th is going to be our filing date or, or extension date. Um, I'm going to suggest people should be doing trial tax returns, projecting any kind of income and deductions. Um, so that way you can also adjust your W-4. So if you have had some different changes, maybe somebody has changed jobs, uh, maybe you've had multiple jobs in one year. That is often what throws in my, some of my clients. I had a gentleman the other day come in and he owed $19. Now to me, that was a perfect situation, but he, um, he's been normally gets a refund. And the reason he didn't get the refund was because he had had two jobs that year instead of just his usual one job and they didn't take out as much tax. And that kind of thing can throw you in a bit of a tailspin. Um, if you expect to have income that is not subjected to withholding, for example, 1099 R's, self-employment tax, um, capital gains, any of those, then you may or may not, if it's a continuous thing, so let's say that you are getting social security, um, but you're still working. We know that up to 85% of your social security is going to be taxed. So if you're in the higher, you know, if you're making any basic income, so do you want to go ahead and account for that on your paycheck withholding so that at the end of the year, you're not getting hit with either that or paying quarterly taxes. Quarterlies are always a pain, but those are the kinds of things we also want to look at. Is there a place where we can just have a little bit more come out on one side so that the money coming in is all taxed when it actually hits your bank account? It's so much easier to live when you have that. Um, I will tell people, keep an eye on Congress and some of the tax reforms. We've got a, quite a few things going on out there. Good, bad, ugly. We don't really know right now, but it's very important that we keep an eye on that because Things can change by December 31st that could have some serious effects that may go into effect going forward. Theoretically, some of my tax experts, attorneys that work in the, in the tax side of making laws say that they can theoretically backdate some of that. Not sure how that would happen, but um, either way, just keep your, your, uh, your eyes on the, that bulb to make sure. And if you can control when you're going to receive certain incomes or take certain deductions, that's also a time to think about it. Let's say you came into a large dollar amount and maybe you also want to give so much money to charity, um, not your children, charity, an actual 501c3, then you might want to consider that to be the same year because maybe giving the money to, to a charity um, would actually turn around and give you some tax advantage. It may not be dollar for dollar, but it would be something. And if it's already basically something you want to do, then make sure that you're watching out for that. Make sure you got the right direction, right? So, um, and I will want to bring out when we're talking about charity, um, again, anybody that is 70 and above that is taking required minimum distributions um, from your IRAs or 401ks or, or any of those, um, keep in mind that you can give money directly to the charity called a qualified charitable deduction. You can give money directly from up to 100,000 from your IRA directly to the charity and it becomes 100% deductible. So 
you don't have to worry about itemizing. You don't have to worry about um, exceeding the standard deduction at this moment. Um, and right now we do have a new one where last year, married or single, it was $300 um, above the standard deduction. We were getting in charitable deductions this year. It's 300 for singles, 600 for married. So again, add to your checkoff list. And this is solely for cash. This is not for people that are giving to goodwill, clothing, shoes, household goods. This is cash going to your church or other, other organizations. Um, and again, also, I know a lot of people, myself included, angel trees, um, giving to, you know, going shopping and buying, that is considered clothing or gifts. So it, it is not going to qualify as a cash contribution unless you write a check directly to that charity um, and give money to them, which is also a great way to give money. But, um, but keep track of the cash up to 600. But again, if you're 70 and older and you're taking required minimum distributions from um, RMDs, and remember they did change the law. Some people could be 70 up to the age of 72. Now you have, you don't have to, but um, the law says you, you don't have to take RMDs until the age of 72, but that was just changed a year or two ago. So we have people that are 70 up to 72 taking RMDs and talk to your financial planner or um, your tax person or whoever, and talk a little bit about the qualified charitable deduction. I fell in love with those. A lot of my clients are using them because I have probably some of the most giving clients in the world, uh, but let's be honest, if we can give and save tax dollars, I think that's my job to make sure they're going to give no matter what. But if they can do it that way, that would be the way to go and keep more money in the pocket or give more money to your church because you're not having to pay as much in taxes. Don't make a difference, however you want to do it. But definitely talk to whoever's handling or helping you with your finances because that's a very, very good uh, tax deduction uh, that you can use. So we're going to get ready here in a minute and we're going to take our our last break. And then, so if you are waiting to try to come on in and have some conversation, or if you're thinking about, well, I'm getting ready to do this, or I'm going to do that. Maybe you inherited something and you're wanting to know, do you need to set aside any money uh, to cover taxes on that inheritance? Because some things can be taxable and many things will be tax-free under this current tax law. It is something that they are talking in Congress, trying to change. But as of right now, it is what we have uh, going on. So if you have some questions on that, or maybe you haven't filed taxes in a number of years, I am an enrolled agent licensed with the Internal Revenue Service to do taxes and representation. It, it's really all I do is taxes and represent people in front of the IRS or the state of, mostly state of Tennessee. I have a couple of cases in California, um, but we basically help you get whatever the resolution is that we can get. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes for the, most people, it's, it's better than what they have. And resolution is what you're actually shooting for. So if you need help, you haven't filed taxes for a number of years, you're trying to figure out where do you get started or you've got a friend or child that has maybe not been doing everything the, the perfect way, all you have to do is give our office a call. And that way then we can set up a free consult. Always my first meetings are always free guys because I need to make sure that we're all on the same page and that I can help you do something and make it work versus, um, you know, it's great to charge people, but the fact is if it doesn't work, I want everyone to have the same experience. So if you need a free consult, all you have to do is call my office Monday morning and we'll get you on the calendar and we can show you how we can help you either get yourself straightened out with the IRS or just help you figure out, are you doing the best you can with what you have 
doing your taxes and things like that. So if you need help, you can um, join us in an office. And also um, you can also email Friday at drfriday.com or check us out on the web at drfriday.com. That's D-R-F-R-I-D-A-Y.com. And there's also a place where you can email right from the website. So we're going to take our last break. And if you want to join the show, you can at 615-737-9986. And we'll be right back. All righty, we are back here live in studio and we're waiting for your phone calls at 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. And we've got Gary on the line. Hey, Gary, what can I do for you? Uh, yes, I, I had a question about, uh, you'd mentioned earlier in the show about uh, earning money after you turn 65 and drawing Social Security. Uh-huh. And the question I had are the same limits apply to money you're taking out of a traditional IRA? That is awesome question. And the answer is no, it only applies to earnings. So W2, 1099, that kind of stuff. You can take money from an IRA, receive rental income, pass it, no problem. Well, that's, that's good news. Yeah. Thank that, you. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Great question. Thank you, Gary. Um, Because I forget sometimes when I'm talking that sometimes the uh, individuals will have um, other income sources. Like if you're actually in retirement, you may be taking money from IRA or 401ks or Roth IRAs um, and, you know, making that work. But that is not a part of what the uh, Social Security Administration is talking about. They're really looking at things that you actually would pay Social Security on in essence. So, um, so you can manage your life that way, any way you like, just making sure you do what you need to do. Um, heads up to some of you. I know I keep talking about real estate. I guess it's on my mind because I have so many clients that are in the process of selling rental real estate. And I want to make sure that we are all on the same page because the other option of not paying tax. Now, I know some people, they just want to sell so they can put the money in the bank and they can have that security or pay off another house mortgage or maybe be completely mortgage free by paying off uh, selling one of their properties. And that's all great as long as you paid Uncle Sam. But if you're really just looking, because right now you could get a piece of real estate or you can sell the real estate really high and you've got a great deal, look um, at the po- possibility of a like kind of exchange. So those are fairly flexible, meaning investment property for investment property. So land, building, um, you know, rental properties, commercial, you can usually go between those things. And I'm not an expert. I'm just going to tell you on this tax side, but um, a 1031 is an option that you might want to consider um, using versus paying the taxes. So basically what happens is you just roll over your basis into the next property. And then when you sell that property, you'll pay tax on both properties or no matter how many 1031 exchanges you've done. Um, So at the moment that is still on the table. I do know that that's one of the categories that they were talking about eliminating, but it is something that you do want to consider if you are an investor and you're just saying, Hey, I can get 
a million dollars from this property and I'd rather go and put this in some more properties. You can put it into, I believe, up to three properties from one sale. So you could actually diversify out a little bit if necessary when it comes to doing uh, what you have or how you're doing it. So, all right, let's get Ben on the line. We only have a few more minutes. Let's see what we have from Ben. Hey, Ben. Uh, hey, my wife and I make about 150 we live in Smyrna, Tennessee, and uh, for some reason, the Roth IRA, I'm sorry, the, um, the online tools for filing taxes, that we can't get any of the Does that sound correct? So you said you and your wife make how much? Sorry. About 150000 Okay. And, and the Roth, the uh, online the Roth IRA? No, the online Roth IRA tools. should be good. Well, the online tools, they won't let us get a deduction for a standard IRA. Oh, standard IRA. Okay, so it depends if you're an active participant in another plan, meaning do you have a 401k or anything at work? I do, and I put I give 17% okay. to it. So 124 is the max you can earn and be uh, part of an active plan. So you are making too uh, much, Ben. That's a shame. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Friday. It's good to know. No worries, man. You can go into a Roth, though, if you wanted to. I mean, I know it's not helping tax-wise, but it would grow. But um, but you can't do the, the IRA, okay? Okay. Thanks. Thanks, boss. Uh, great question, though, because that's the kind of thing that happens a lot of times with my clients. And, and the sad, I shouldn't say sad, it's a good thing. But what happens is sometimes people will go ahead and put the money into the IRA or into the Roth or whatever, and they can't qualify. Then we have to get the money back out or roll it into the next year. Like right now, if Ben is doing his taxes for 2020 and he put money already in the IRA for the, um, well, at this point he can't qualify for it, but if he already did it, he's going to either have to roll it over to 2021 and see if, if his income's going to drop or he needs to go ahead and take the money out and pay the penalty. That's what you have or pay the penalty. And um, well, that's pretty much your two options. You're going to get hit with the penalty otherwise. So, um, but that's what happens. I have more cases where people think oh, I've put $7,000 every year into my IRA or into my Roth or for my wife or whatever. Um, and it doesn't quite work that way, especially when you start getting uh, again, above 124 for a married couple um, jointly and uh, or over 75 for a single person um it will max you out and you won't be able to do that now i will tell you if you're a person that maybe makes 25 35000 and you can contribute i would probably suggest a roth but you still get it there is a savers credit up to $2000 credit uh that you would get benefit for so sometimes putting money in at a lower income bracket nothing to do with my poor boy, Ben, but at a lower income bracket, those individuals can actually reap the reward of getting some of that money back actually just for, for putting money aside into a retirement account. So if you happen to be an individual, I keep trying to talk to um, my nieces and all of them that are now in the workplace, many of them, like you got to get used to not living off 100% of your paycheck. You need to start putting money aside into 401ks, especially if your employer is matching up to 3% or something. Um, learn to do that early because then it'll be a lot better than waiting and then trying to figure out when you're 45 or 50, how you're going to retire in 15 years because you didn't have enough money set aside. So those are the kinds of things you do want to make sure that you're visiting and also crunch those numbers before you go and put money into an IRA 
um, unless you know that you've, you know, some people they've, they've worked and they've only made $7,000 and they want to put $7,000 into their IRA and they're on retirement or something. There is some benefits to doing that. Um, but I think they're, and don't hold me to this guys, I'm not a financial planner, but I, there may be some age at one point, there was some age limits, but they may have removed that with the tax cut, um, or, uh, the consolidated tax act. One of those, it may have actually changed um, that information, but there used to be some limitations to what you could actually put in at a certain age. Um, once you hit like 70 or something, you weren't allowed to put money back into an IRA, but I think they've changed that as long as you're working. So double check all of that with your financial planner, because you don't want to make a, make a something, go ahead and put the money and then get hit with a penalty for not doing it properly. That is never a good idea, guys. So Let's also make sure that um, if you're a small business owner, again, you need to make sure that your personal tax returns, which also means if you're a single member LLC, that you have filed them by October 15th. And uh, C corporations are also due on October 15th. If you have any other type of business, 1065, 1120S, um, all of those were due on 9:15, and you're now late. Um, and it's very important that you either file extensions or you file on time because those penalties can add up quite a bit uh, by just making um, a, a late filing. So if you are a C corporation, we all know that the flat tax went to 21%, at least for the next year or until the end of this year. Um, and then it can go um, down from there and see what we actually have. So that is one of the areas that we are watching very strongly, the Congress and all of them, just to make sure that we are not going to lose out on the information we have. All right. So uh, we come to the end of the show. If you've got questions, you can easily call my office on Monday morning. The phone number there is 615 615-367-0819. If you need help with doing taxes or back taxes or just have some tax questions, feel free. You can also email my office, which is friday at drfriday.com. Keep in mind that when you're, you know, if you haven't filed taxes for a number of years, it's very hard to get back on track. But if you don't get back on track, you're going to end up for the rest of your life. I even have some people that when it comes to getting close to Social Security and they don't have all the quarters in there because they haven't filed the taxes. So you need to make sure you stay on top of all that so you don't have your whole life messed up for something as simple as just getting some tax returns, even if you owe money file the freaking tax returns. We can deal with what you owe or don't owe, but if you don't file them, we'll never deal with them. So again, if you want to reach the office, 615-367-0819. Check me out on the web, drfriday.com, D-R-F-R-I-D-A-Y.com. I hope you guys are having a wonderful Saturday. I will be here again next Saturday. Call you later.